really good. There's cherry cola. Like they suck less than other things. Oh, they're delicious. Tasty, tasty. White tea, caffeine, gummies. Hi, guys. They're for energy. They're for energy. Um, they're called honey stingers or something. That And there's cherry cola hmm. flavor, which is the only flavor I've tried. I mean, that sounds interesting. It's tasty. Okay. Well, we're talking about gummy supplements. Uh, is what yeah. we're talking about. That's how I take everything. Remember? Yeah. We discussed this, I think, a couple episodes or last Probably, episode. probably most episodes. Um, <laughs> yeah, all of the episodes. We You're welcome, this. guys. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, fuck, what, what's my fear this week? I don't know. What's mine? Oh, I know mine. Ooh, mine is work. Me. Good. I, well, that's oh, every week. Okay, but last time we recorded, my fear was work i think also. that i wasn't going to get the position or something or... yeah and then the one after that was like i'm worried about this new position and now it's like i'm work. worried about it again okay well tell me all about it it's stressful tell me all about it. well i finally it. just started it yesterday was my first day so yesterday was andrea's first day at her new job yeah and i have a lot of stuff i have to do right yes. off the bat yes that's that's <laughs> jobs i know oh it's okay i mean i can it's fine. I just will never have time to do anything else ever again. That's true. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely the, true. The conclusion I've come to. Yeah. No, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> There's also something else that happened at the gym. Ah! <laughs> it's the same shit. <laughs> okay. This Andrea, is my you're life. you're grounded. You're fucking grounded. It's I just go the to work, gym and work. And then I go to the gym and then I go home. And there's nothing scary at home. So it's really just the gym and work. Well, as far as you know. There's me, but I'm not as scared of me uh, as other people are. <laughs> What's your fear? Do you even have one? You. Me? See, I can spin off of you easily. <laughs> I can. Uh, you can't stop me. Is the thing. Fine. Um. Hmm. My fear for this week is my liver, which it has been before. So I'm I'm going off of you yeah. in the sense that like R- repetitive fears. Yeah. Well, my <laughs> liver is unhappy. It's usually unhappy. It's more unhappy so a normal level in canada and i'm not sure what measurements they use is 40 for a uh, als levels mm-hmm. which is a liver enzyme that is produced when your liver's like desperately trying to rid your body of poison mine are <laughs> at 400 what i'm not kidding so 40 times 10 yeah i'm at like 10 times a what lot you should be at. more what i should be and i asked him i'm like so am i gonna die and he's like no, you're not quite in that level. And I'm like, that's, that's good. good. Everything so not, else about this is bad, but thanks. I'm glad I'm not dying. It could be. Yeah, not dying at this moment. And I know what to do, but like, it's that thing about being an addict. I know. Where they don't look into anything else ever. And I'm just like, could we rule out everything just because like, I'm already quitting shit. It's just like, I want to also know if, if there's harm reduction I can do in the meantime. There's yeah. like, no, just quit things. Bye. And I'm like, okay, but easier said than done, else? my friend. what if there's something else? Like, what if there was actually yeah, something like, else? Well, exactly. And I work with paint. Yeah. Like, like Have hardcore they done paints. Any I've worked with TSP. Liver? I've No. Like, they should right? be checking to make sure there's, like, not a tumor. Well, exactly. And, like, things I've touched, right? Because, like, I do work with, like, chemicals and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so and they could, like, do... I breathe in a lot of bad shit. So. They could do, like, a tox screen. Yeah. Like, a blood test for other toxins other than huh. the ones that they know about. Like... Yeah, exactly. Other than the ones I'm already working on, like, getting rid of. But like, if no, you die they and just... they do an autopsy and they're like, oh, shit, the whole thing was from a tumor 
in his liver, I will be super angry. Good. Please kill them. For I me. will kill them. Because <laughs> I would not be surprised because that's the thing. They like as soon as they hear you had past substance abuse, they're just like, well, that's oh, it. Bye. That's why. I, yeah. Like that's. Yeah. It drives me nuts. I know. That's why I advise people. <laughs> advise people to lie to their doctors. Just don't tell about them it. about utilizing substances right off the bat. Yeah, unless if, it's, like, relevant. Unless it's relevant, like, it's, like, you're using them right then and they're about to give you a medication that will interact mm-hmm. or that you don't know will interact but might. They will just go with the easy solution and be, like, oh, it's because of your substance use. Like, yeah, that that is happening to you. Yeah. And, and there's no fail. other reason. We do not have to send you for any other tests. Yeah. And the thing is, is that people who drink and do drugs also can still get health issues and (laughs) yeah that's the thing is that you get health issues regardless um (laughs) it's not always called like prior to ever having drank or done any substance in my life my health wasn't like fantastic yeah and well mine isn't (laughs) great and i don't do substances like it's never been great that's the official story although my (laughs) immune system is dead it's actually it's... it's it's improving yeah, it's trying. It's, yeah. it's it, it used to be really bad, so now it's trying extra hard to make yeah, up for lost like time. Yeah, like I haven't been getting sick fully. Good. Just I haven't sick. been getting sick either, but <laughs> I don't think I would know. I don't think I would notice because I always feel like shit. So I'm That's just kind of like, thing. I don't know if I'm sick. I, I just yeah. feel shitty like usual. Same. Like I've got the sinus issue and like the throat clearing thing. And yeah. Um, so I can't tell for sure. But I, I know that it's not a full cold. Yeah. Which because is I don't a good have sign. like the full aches and all of that. I just like have some sneezes what are you doing so andrew has these really cute little like, curl <laughs> curl cues and i have been staring Fred at them just and i just started staring to at it. me and then started playing with my hair okay so she curled her hair and they're perfect little like ringlets yeah and i just <laughs> there's no other solution for this just to play with my my ringlets they're so cute. Thank okay. you. I like them. <laughs> like, you remind me of, like, an actually not horrific version of Darla Dimple from Cats Don't Dance. Do you know that movie? Mm-mm. I have to look that up now. It's a Disney movie, I think. Or really? uh, Don Bluth or something. But um, oh. Cats Don't I Dance. look it up. Yeah, it's like where everyone's an animal except for Darla Dimple. She's like this starlet. She ends up being the bad guy, but she's like a little kid. And she's like curls and... And looks angelic and then she turns out to be a bad guy? Yeah, and she kind of, yeah, she's <laughs> right. interesting. No, but I mean, like, she's a cool bad guy, but I just, ah, oh, little My little lights. curls, yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying this every them, day. I them. It's to distract people from, I don't know. <laughs> from the pain inside. Um, <laughs> from everything I'm doing wrong. So um, Andrea yeah. chose the theme today. I did, and it was a good theme. <laughs> oh, according to Andrea, who chose it? It's a really good theme. I don't know who chose it. It was really a brilliant person it is survived stories yes so, so people who didn't fucking die yeah so it's like if you guys have ever seen the show i survived i actually haven't but i know what it's about and I have it's about like story, people who survived yeah people um, who didn't die when horribly. they really shouldn't have so i found mine on forensic files oh i yeah. missed that so I watched a Forensic Files episode and took notes. Okay, tell me all about your Forensic File adventure. Tell tell the audience, in fact. Okay, audience. Who is watching, wait, listening to this post, post. 
Um, yeah. Um, okay. So this is about survivors Jennifer Logsdon Updike and Casey Johnson. Okay. And it's the murder of Tommy Smith. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, poor Tommy. Yeah. I mean, it sucks for all of them, but like, poor Tommy. Crappy. Yeah. So this happened July 19th, 1991 in Peoria, Illinois. Mm-hmm. So the day was hot and humid, but once the sun set, it was really good weather for a cookout because oh. it had cooled down a bit. Yeah. Uh, Casey Johnson and Jennifer Logsdon, her name was just Jennifer Logsdon at the time. Right. Um, had their windows and back door open because it was so hot. And they were, so Casey Johnson and Jennifer Logsdon were roommates. Yeah. And they were hanging out with Jennifer's fiance, Tommy Smith. Oh, no. And they ate dinner, had their cookout, and then they went to the grocery store to get uh, ingredients to make blizzards. And then they set up a mattress in the living room so they could just, like, watch movies, hang out, and crash in there or whatever. Oh, so they made their own blizzards? That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's Neat. what it said in the show. And I'm like, hey, huh, you cool. could just you could just do that. Okay. You could, yeah, just ice cream. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you just, like, get ice cream and some syrup and then some candy or whatever. Yeah. Um, so huh. they watched a Stephen King movie, which I was on board with. Yeah. And then They're Jennifer fun. fell asleep almost right away. Oh. So this is pretty much told from her point of view. Right. So I assume that the other two also fell asleep. But Yeah. Um, the sounds, there were sounds. <laughs> it does happen. <laughs> Those sounds. So there were some sounds, and <laughs> which I have covered. Uh, and they made her wake but up. But were there sounds is what there I want to know. Um, was there a sound, Andrea? Were there multiple sounds? I don't know. Let me just check again. Okay. I'll go watch the episode again real quick. Thank you. I need to know. <laughs> how many sounds? Three what kind of auditory receptions are we thinking about? Five sounds. Okay. Made her wake up. <laughs> okay, so some sounds made her wake up. That's good Yeah. <laughs> and she, like, woke up and she turned around and she saw Tommy fighting someone with a knife. That's not good. Uh, Casey ended up calling the cops, but in the meantime, the intruder managed to hurt Tommy and start stabbing Jennifer. Shit. So the 911 conversation with Casey goes, 911, what's going on? And Casey says, we have an intruder. And 911's like, huh? (laughs) And Casey's like, intruder. What? You'd think they'd have been used to hearing that. Why is there a huh? Yeah, what do you mean, huh? You're 911. You hear this a lot. I think she was being quiet, but I do think that they should listen more carefully. Yeah, this is 911. Like, holy fuck. It's pretty important to get the... uh, the ambulance going. So Plus for nine one one, hearing that there's an intruder is probably not that rare. Yeah. Yeah, huh? exactly. Huh? What do you mean an intruder? Wait, what do you mean? I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> Me, a nine one one operator. Like intruders don't just happen. Did you bring an intruder into your own home? <laughs> yes, we brought an intruder home and now they're intruding. intruding. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Okay. <laughs> So we've established that 911 is bad. Um, yeah. Jennifer managed to get the knife. Wow. So from the – yeah. And she fought. And it – like she fought him really hard. She was like kicking and hitting. Good. Um, it pissed him off and he got the knife back. Shit. And he cut her and left her for dead. Oh, no. And then he went and found Casey in the bedroom on the phone with 911. And you can hear Casey begging on the recording. Oh, my Because she was still on the line. Oh, no. And while that was happening, Jennifer ran to a neighbor's for help. She wasn't quite dead, yeah. Yeah, luckily. So they have a recording with Casey saying, I can't move. My throat is slit. 
Oh, my God. And that's why she was, I think, being quieter. Well, yeah, because her vocal cords. Yeah. And she says she can't describe the person or what he was wearing. And then the cops get there. She was kind of too busy fighting for everyone's lives, so. Yeah, and you should, and, like, she might have also been trying to be quiet so that, he, like, she would have time to yeah. talk on the phone. So you just need to listen harder. Yeah. Um. A lot of 911 calls must be really quiet, so which it must have sense. some sort of way to, like... Yeah, to amplify it, like, yeah. <laughs> while they're on the call. I assume yeah. so, yeah. The cops did get there to the neighbor's house or whatever, um, and where Jennifer was, and Jennifer told the cops to go save Casey and Tommy, but oh. it was too late for Tommy. He was oh. 21, and when they got there, he was already dead. Oh, he was young, too. Yeah, they were all young. Oh um, Jennifer and Casey were rushed to the hospital. Mm. According to the cops, Tommy's actions were really heroic. He actually managed to get the intruder into a chair and hold him there nice. until the police got there. That's but he badass. basically sacrificed his life doing it. Well, yeah, because he was probably getting stabbed. Well, yeah, like oh he was God. either mortally wounded but stayed there to make sure he couldn't leave or wow. he, while he was making sure he couldn't leave, he got mortally wounded. Yeah. Um, Good job, Tommy. They really hoped the girls could identify their attacker, right? Mm. Reasonably, they thought they should. But they couldn't. Yeah. Connie, who was Tommy's mother, planned his funeral and oh. said that he was a really good kid, very loving. He he never got mad for very long, like not much of a temper, and he would have been a great husband and father. Oh. So that's really sad. Poor Tommy. Um, Jennifer was in the ICU with multiple stab wounds, a cut throat, Ooh. and a punctured lung. Yeah. And if Tommy hadn't been there, Casey and Jennifer would both be dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was the one who woke up first and actually started fighting. Well, that's why he ended up dead, right? Yeah. The crime scene showed how hard the girls fought. Uh, yeah. And they gradually, like, it was so, it was, it was a disaster. There was blood everywhere. Oh, my gosh. They gradually improved, but they couldn't remember much. Jennifer only remembered being stabbed, and yeah. she said that nothing hurt. She didn't see any blood, so, like, she knew she was getting stabbed, but it didn't hurt, and she couldn't see the blood. Well, yeah, because you're in survival mode. You're not yeah. really, like, observing, like, ah, yes, yeah. this part of my body is in pain, and, and I see a spatter there. Apparently, she felt herself being stabbed, but it just didn't hurt, like, probably because of the adrenaline. No, yeah, you're in survival mode. You're and she said she couldn't say how he got in, but I was like, but they left the front, they left the back door open. That's probably how. But then it turns out, no, he got in through a bedroom window. <laughs> so so he I, went the hard way. I know. I was like, what? Who is this guy? What does he want? I don't know. <laughs> like, what? So, yeah. And the thing is, is, I was typing this and I was like, she couldn't say how he got in. And I put, though I imagine the front back door, dot, dot, dot. And then the next point is, turns out, no. <laughs> because right at that <laughs> moment, they're like, and they found the bedroom door that he. <laughs> what? The, that's the bedroom so window. weird. Yeah. That I know. Okay. Well, they had left all the windows and door, the back door open, and he decided to. And use he decided the to use the one that's not open. Okay. I know. So he took the screen out. Yeah. And he could have just gone through any of the windows or back. <laughs> yeah, he could have any of the windows and like the door. This guy was would going make hard. Most sense. Yeah. No, this guy was just he was playing on hard mode basically. Like, <laughs> what did he want? Uh, yes, I will tell you. Yes. So basically it looked like he went into a frenzy when he went in there. Like that's how the scene appeared. Yeah. The only way they figured that he, like, the, they figured that he figured the only way to prevent cops from figuring out who he was was to kill all three of them because right. he hadn't actually worn a mask or anything. Okay. So the handle of the weapon was found at the scene because he was clearly in a hurry. 
Yeah. So Casey had actually managed to break the knife off of the handle by grabbing the blade. Oh, wow. Yeah. Her poor fingers. Yeah. So she was sliced. But at least he only had a handle at that point. And then he apparently was kept there by Tommy and yeah. Yeah. Um, There were no fingerprints, but the cops found a party invite on the floor where he came in Hmm. and they processed it for fingerprints. They yeah. did find a partial, what looked like a palm print, that didn't belong to any of the victims. And police found out that no one had seen the killer leave, even though they'd, like, everybody in that house had been screaming. Yeah. But nobody saw anything. And they did find blood on the screen door of a neighbor, though. Oh. And this guy's name was Gene Brown. And oh, he shit. said he cut his leg taking out the garbage earlier. And that's uh, why there was blood uh, on the screen. Okay. So the blood was his. Mm-hmm. And they did find broken glass in his garbage. What the fuck? His palm print didn't match the print on the party invitation, and they couldn't identify who it was. And they figured that the killer must be someone who did live nearby because they just ran. Yeah. Like, how far could they have gone, like, bleeding? Exactly. Without you seeing it. Yeah. So Gary Sebenthal was the investigator, and he remembered that Casey and Jennifer remembered that Jennifer took the knife yeah. Because he was wearing socks on his hands. So the, the killer was wearing socks on his hands. Buy gloves. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I know. And that's why they're like, this must have been a last really minute thing, thing. Yeah. a neighbor, right? Because yeah, like a real if you're coming from a long thing. ways away, you're usually prepared. It's only if it's like a last minute thing that you would put socks on your hands for, for to disguise like, your fingerprints. Well, yeah, exactly. Like most people just have gloves of yeah. some sort. And if it's that last minute of a thing, you're probably not going too far to do it. No, exactly. So they remembered so... that it was a black male. Okay. And he was six feet tall and he was slim with a mustache. Yeah. And khakis. Khakis! I know. That's your murder outfit? Okay. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Um, and then they remember that he was actually barefoot for some reason. He uh, came barefoot. What? He had socks on his hands and absolutely nothing on his feet. And he didn't cover his face. So he would have been easily recognized, as, which is why they were like, he obviously planned on killing yeah. everybody when he got in. Yeah. They figured out that the print on the invitation mm. was actually a footprint. Oh, well, that would do it. Yeah. And it, so it looks like a palm print, but it's... A it footprint. So they decided to ask Gene Brown for a footprint, and they got a search, 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 a search, search warrant. warrant, a search warrant, and as they're called, they compared his print to the party invitation one, and they did find similarities. It was a match. Oh, good. Um, they I mean, discovered not great, but yeah, I'm not glad great, they got a match. At least they caught, they figured it out. Yeah. Uh, they they discovered a set of knives in his house that matched the murder weapon, and they found Casey's purse in there. <gasps> What? So that's pretty obvious. So he stole her purse. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they found bloody socks with the broken blade of a weapon inside. <laughs> and in one of the socks was also Gene Brown's wedding ring. So if what? there's any doubt that it was him, he it also definitely... left a little piece of his own stuff in there. What the like, fuck? really stupid. Yeah, why did he do this? <laughs> like, what I don't was know. he mad about? Because then he it's want? like not circumstantial anymore, right? Like, No, like, did he want her purse that bad? Because you can just rob someone at knife point and run away. I know. Tiny traces of blood were found in his hair. He would have been blood soaked after leaving and he still had some on his body at this point. Wow. And it was actually from all three victims. Okay. So he ended up being arrested and charged with murder. And yeah. he actually had a wife and a little boy that he... Oh, no. Yeah. That um, he was basically... Yeah. Yeah. 
leaving to have to deal with his evil. Yep. Great. So it sounds like it was because of drugs. Hmm. Or that's what the explanation he gives. So uh, he said he didn't see anyone when he broke in until he went into the living room. And that's when Tommy grabbed him by the head. Hmm. So he actually confessed. He wouldn't say if he stabbed Tommy. (laughs) Um, Tommy had been trying to get the knife and was getting cut in the struggle. Yeah. And they said, or he said that they struggled around 45 seconds and then Tommy walked away and fell to the floor. I suspect, uh, Tommy didn't stab himself, so. Yeah, I know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like he admitted to coming in, but he's trying to make it sound like it was a robbery gone wrong. And since he knows that Tommy died, he doesn't want to admit that. Yeah, that doesn't work if you're planning to kill everyone so that they can't identify you because that's already premeditated, right? Like Exactly. But he's trying to make it sound not. Yeah, I know he's yeah, he's yeah. trying. But. Um so he had used crack that night and then after dinner he needed money to buy more. Okay. Um so his whole family had gone to bed, but then he got up and put some clothes on and went next door. He removed his shoes so that he could walk quietly and he used his socks to cover his hands as gloves, basically. That makes sense if you're on crack, actually. I mean, yeah. I he that. removed the screen of the window and got in that way. Casey survived because she actually played dead after the attack. So when Good. he came in at her when she was on 911 and he like yeah, came at her. Came at her to finish the job, she played dead. Parts of Brown's stories still aren't Brown's story still aren't believable though. Mm. The girls live next door and the police think he broke in to rape and kill them. Ooh. And that he didn't realize that Tommy was there. Oh, shit. Yeah. So he deliberately went in barefoot and avoided leaving fingerprints. He took a knife that was encased in a cardboard sheath so that he wouldn't injure himself. Hmm. And he made no effort to cover his face despite he, the fact that he was their next door neighbor. Yeah, which is weird, right? Like, Yeah. And they don't think that it was, like, a robbery. They think he actually went in to, like, rape and kill. Which makes sense because a robbery you could do so many other things so much more easily exactly like Like, he broke in through the bedroom just grab some shit out of the bedroom yeah like disguise (laughs) your face break in through the bedroom grab your shit and leave yeah like that's all you do that's why people keep doing jewelry and typically their money and shit like yeah don't go to the living room where everybody is yeah you know the girls are yeah exactly like and you usually just wouldn't fight and you wouldn't like hide everything like you just wouldn't bother right yeah. like if you're desperate for drugs you just you're just gonna grab shit and you're leave. just gonna grab whatever you can get for money yeah um like yeah. you wouldn't want this to be a thing in exchange for a guilty plea he got life for the murder of tommy and 30 years for each count of attempted murder for casey and jennifer because this what this is illinois Peoria, Illinois. Illinois, yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he could have gotten the death penalty. Shit, wow. Tommy Smith's mother says she wouldn't actually have pushed for the death penalty. He doesn't know that, but she wouldn't have pushed for it because she doesn't want – she didn't want another family going through what she went through. So another family being – with a dead son. Yeah. So even though he was, you know – The murderer. The murderer, he's – she's, like, thinking about his family. That's really kind of her. Exactly. Um, he would express remorse, but then he would protect himself by saying he couldn't remember. Mm. And then he said he wouldn't, then he'd like, be like, I don't know why it happened. <laughs> I so, don't know why I that's removed what another the thing, screen and put my socks on my hands yeah. and stabbed a man multiple, like, But it on. obviously, like, it wasn't that premeditated. 
No, um, it, it was, was like a spur of the moment weird thing, probably drug fueled. Yeah, but it wasn't to... just a cut and dry robbery, which is no. why he's also like kind of wishy washy. Like he's remorseful, but then he's wishy washy. Like he yeah. he's like, yeah, I don't know why it happened. Well, yeah, you do. You went there because you were high and you wanted to rape and kill someone. Yeah, <sighs> that's exactly. Yeah, like I mean, we'll never know for sure, but that's what that sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Jennifer is married with children now. And she says she can't forgive him yet. Good. I but wouldn't she's be able to either. Life. Good. I'm glad she is. All right. So after that fun time. Um, <laughs> You're I, welcome. Yeah. Thanks, Andrea. She chose this theme again. I did. Just to reiterate that. Hey, it's Survivors. I mean, yeah, somebody did die in mine, but. I actually, yeah. I actually do appreciate that you chose that one, though, because uh, it, it was less sad. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're good. Like, when they survive. and. Yeah, I like that. Um. It's still really harrowing, though. Um, in fact, I covered Maria Viricheva, a survivor of the chessboard killer. Cool. Yeah, so here's some info about the chessboard killer. Um, Alexander Yuryevich Pichushkin. It's Absolutely. Russian. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's who it is. Uh, born the 9th of April, 1974, also known as the chessboard killer and the Bitsa Park maniac, is a Russian serial killer. He is believed to have killed at least 48 people and possibly as many as 60 between 1992 and 2006 in southwest Moscow's <laughs> Beatsa Park. He's a maniac. maniac. Yeah, that's an interesting, like... <laughs> Okay. Right? Where, mean, so this is where, like, the park was where a number of victims' bodies were found, and in oh 2007, he was sentenced to life imprisonment. So that's why that's why they called him Bitsa Park Maniac, right? Like, because yeah. a lot of bodies turned up in that park. It's just funny that it's Bitsa Park Maniac and not, like, Bitsa Park Killer or Bitsa... Yeah, I mean, it, it was translated from Russian, too, so who oh, okay. knows how that, like, actually was originally in Russian papers, right? Yeah. Um. So why... Uh, Russian media has speculated that Pichishkin was motivated partially by an internal competition, like his own self-imposed competition, with another <laughs> notorious Russian serial killer, Andrei Chikatilo. Yeah, like, they don't think, I mean, they didn't talk or have a competition with each other. He yeah. just, like, observed this other killer I've and was like, I could do better. stories like that, where yeah. they're like... They get jealous of another killer, and they're like, right? I have to step it up. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that's what was going on, basically. So, and Andre Chikatilo uh, was the Rostov Ripper, who was convicted in 1992 of killing 53 children and oh. young women over a 12-year period. Yeah. And Pachushkin... So he still wins. Yikes. Uh, sort of. <laughs> kind of. Pichushkin said his own aim was to kill 64 people, which is the number of squares on a chessboard. Logical. That's just logic. And they did find a chessboard um, somewhere in his place of residence that had, like, X's or marks on each one for... He didn't quite get that far, but hmm. he, yeah, he was doing it. Um, however, he later recanted the statement, like... Like, he wouldn't have stopped after 64, saying that he would have continued killing indefinitely had he not been stopped. He stated that for him, killing was as necessary slash, like, compulsory as eating food to survive, basically. Except it's not really. Yeah, you don't have to do that. Yeah, like, you will literally starve to death if you don't eat. 
You will yeah. not uh, unkill to death. Unkill to death. <laughs> I don't know. You will. You can't not kill to death. Yeah, that's not how that works. <laughs> so murders. Pachushkin took his first life on the twenty seventh of July, nineteen ninety two, when he was only eighteen. The victim was a man named Mikhail Odichuk, right? They'd been classmates, and Pachushkin had invited Odichuk on a killing expedition, That's, as you do. Yeah, I mean, you should invite your friends to everything. Yeah. <laughs> right? Otherwise, they won't he was, think you're not friends anymore. Right? They're like, what, why are you going on killing expeditions without me? Right? Like, I'm hurt. It's like not inviting someone to your birthday party. Yeah, like. Why would you do that? That's just mean. Exactly. Yeah, so he was very open about it, obviously. Like, he told Odechek he wanted to kill someone and that they could do it together. Aw, bonding. Mm Mm-hmm. And Odechek had tagged along, like, partially jokingly, like, probably not sure what to expect, right? As most people would be like... Yeah, like, he probably thinks he's bullshitting. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, let's go out. And he's like, yeah, we're totally going to go kill someone, but he totally thinks they're bullshitting, right? And when Pachushkin realized that Odechuk wasn't actually serious about killing, he killed Odechuk instead. Well, I mean, he the, uh, he did choose the outing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what to say. I don't know, man. I feel like Odechuk probably just thought it was like male bravado. He was like, you mean kill a bottle of vodka, right? Yeah, or something. And then he's like, uh, no, I meant people. And yeah. Odechuk's like, like, shit, um, I don't want to do that. I gotta go, like, I'm I, really late. I gotta wash my cat. <laughs> I gotta wash my cat. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Pachushkin started increasing his murdering sprees in 2001, right? And he mainly targeted elderly homeless men by luring them with the offer of free vodka, because hey. that's what you do in Russia, yeah. And <laughs> after drinking with them... After drinking with them, which is kind of cool. You should drink. You should get them. You should get your victims drunk first. Yeah, at least don't be a dick. Yeah, like at least don't be the worst. But (laughs) after drinking with them, he would throw them down sewers in the park, in Pizza Park. And most of his victims were killed in this way during that particular period of time. After killing them? Or would he kill them by throwing them down? Yeah. So mm, he did, uh, during this early period, yeah, lure them to the park to drink. Mm-hmm. drink, and then push them into the sewer. Oh, okay. All mm-hmm. right. But... That seems like it could be a risky way to... Yes. Okay. And it is, and that was early on. Yeah, he he started doing other things later. But as uh, Pachushkin said, quote, The fact the victims had disappeared has no longer been able to satisfy me. I needed more emotions. Said every serial killer ever. Yeah, basically. So after that personal realization, he <laughs> killed his victims with repeated blows to the head with a hammer. So okay. he switched it up. And in what became his trademark or like signature, he would push a vodka bottle into the gaping wounds in their skulls. Ah! Created by his blows. Gross. Yeah. Yes, that's fucked up. That's really weird. He also started targeting, like, younger men, children, and women, so he wasn't all that discerning as far as we can tell. Yeah, because now it's just a competition with, with the other what's ones. What's his face? Chikatilo. Yeah, Chikatilo, yeah. He would always attack from behind in order to take the victim by surprise and also to avoid getting blood on his clothes, so he was a dick. Um, and pragmatic. As you know. Yeah, pragmatic. <laughs> I guess he just really liked his clothes. That sounds that sounds like an oligarch, so I'm not shocked. But um, 
10 of um, his victims lived in the same four-building complex where he lived. Four from two Kursanskaya? Kursanskaya, yep. Two from four Kursanskaya, which was (laughs) next door. Uh, three from six and one from eight. So That's basically, they all lived in his building. A good idea. That seems no really obvious. Yeah, at some they could point. trace you, right? right? Like, why are you killing everyone in your building? That's gonna come back to you. <laughs> I know. But the murder of Marina Moskalyova, a 36 year old, in June of 2006, was his last. When her body was found in Bitsa Park. Uh, complete with Pachushkin's trademark injuries, a metro ticket found in her possession led authorities to review surveillance state footage from the Moscow metro system where she was filmed. Um, just like hours before her death. Yeah. Walking on the platform accompanied by Pachushkin. And according to a documentary titled Serial Killers, kind of a that really one. That's a good title. Very creative. Yeah, I can't. I'm sure you'll, you guys will find it right off the bat. <laughs> there are no other movies called that. Not which, at all. <laughs> so Pachushkin, once he'd been apprehended, led police officers to the scenes of many of his murders in Beats Park and demonstrated a clear recollection of how the murders were committed. He was also filmed reenacting them in, like, great detail, a process which is a regular part of Russian criminal investigation, apparently, or at least it was at the time. Okay. I They make the killer weird. reenact it. Yeah, they're like, could you just, like, put on a show now? Like, <laughs> it, it sounds so fucking weird. It is I don't weird. know. But, like, I get why. It's just, yeah, like, Yeah, so weird. they can see it. It's yeah. not the same as if you describe it. Yeah, it's just, what? Right? Like, I know. It's just interesting. And then how many of them are actually going to do that for you? Yeah, exactly. Like you can't make them. Yeah, exactly. Like, probably most don't. Um, so he also revealed that some of the murders he committed were not done using his preferred method, the whole, like, hammer blows to the back of the head thing, but by throwing his victims down into the network of sewers running beneath Pizza Park. So he kind of, like, swapped back and forth. Although one of his victims did survive this ordeal... Uh, more in, more on that in a second. He claimed that while killing people, he felt like God as he decided whether his victims should live or die. Quote, In all cases, I killed for only one reason. I killed in order to live, because when you kill, you want to live. For me, life without murder is like life without food for you. I felt like the father of all these people, since it was me who opened the door for them to another world. So he had some extreme issues. Yeah, that's a no on that. <laughs> yeah, that's a no. That's not what, what papas are supposed to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Papa no. Um, so I believe like two people, I, I think it was like two people survived his attacks. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to talk about one particular survivor, uh, Maria Vircheva. So... Maria Vircheva, or Virkeva. I... <laughs> Russian is hard. Maria was uh, one of the chessboard killer's attempted victims, yet she survived, and it's incredible that she did. So, on the night of February 23rd, 2002, Maria, who was at the time a 19-year-old saleswoman, was distressed and waiting at a metro station in Moscow. 
Earlier that day, she'd had a fight with her boyfriend, and they'd possibly split up, from what I read. Um, this boyfriend was also the father of her unborn child. She was pregnant at the time. Oh, no. And since he'd also gotten her the job she currently held, she was worried that she wouldn't even have a job waiting for her in the morning, right? Right. Right. Yeah, so she's pregnant. Boyfriend got her this job. They had a fight, so she doesn't know, you know, she's really fucked. Yeah. Right? In her despair, she had no idea that another man who approached her at the station was bad um, news. The, the chessboard. Yeah, the chessboard killer, she right? She is such a lucky girl. Like, just luck pouring right out of the sky for her. Right? Like, oh my <laughs> like, gosh. Everything people, was so bad for her. I know. Her. Like, Poor how does Maria. this happen all at the same time for a person? Yeah, like, and she's <laughs> only 19 and like, oh my gosh. Uh. So, Pichushkin saw Maria. And, noticing her clear distress, struck up what probably seemed at the time like a caring conversation with her, right? And Maria, likely just wanting the support and feeling alone, spoke with him and told him what had happened. After hearing what she was going through, which obviously involved a lot of financial stress, Pachushkin told her that he had some black market electronics, specifically stolen cameras, hidden and that he'd give her some of them so she could sell a few and make a little bit of extra money. Doesn't sound um, great, but... Uh, <laughs> sounds sketchy, but Yeah, okay. right, it I don't does. know what things are like in Russia, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this sounds about accurate, I would assume. Yeah. No offense, Russians, I love you, it's fine. It's I mean, probably like... Yeah. You I mean, keep putting gay people more... on buses, so I'm not sure I love you, but... It's... What? You keep putting gay people on buses, so I'm not sure I love you, but... Like... <laughs> I know it's not your buses? fault. Uh, there's a little bit of a, like, slight LGBT genocide happening there. Oh. But it's not the people's fault. It's, uh, the, the oligarchs and the government's fault. Yeah. Yep. It's always government. It is. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. The average Russian person's probably, like, why are we doing this? Like, wh- yeah. why? Yeah. Why? I don't give a fuck if that guy's gay. Like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, so she, like, out of desperation, right? Like, yeah. she's crying, she's upset, she has no money. So out of desperation, she went with him to the supposed hiding spot for these well, cameras. Well, it's that situation where it's like somebody's being nice to you, and you've just yeah. had such a shitty day, and nobody's yeah. been nice to you that day, and you're like... You just want yeah. something, and, like, it makes sense, right? Like, if I was in that much despair, and someone was like, hey, um, I don't really want to tell you about this illegal thing that I've got going on, but... But if it'll help you out, and I'm really sorry to hear about what happened to you today. (laughs) Like, I might actually, I would probably You'd be like, oh my god, thank you. I'd be like, thank god, thank you. Let's be best friends. Yeah, basically, like, (laughs) I could actually see that. So, he lured her into a remote area of Bitsa Park toward a manhole cover, which he removed before telling her to check inside. This is the part where I'd run away. Yeah, um, I'd be like, I don't know about that. I'd be like, actually, <laughs> can you get them, man? I'm not going to get them for you. Like, oh, I don't know where your cameras are. Who tells are. you to check inside somewhere where they've hidden something? Right? So You check. <laughs> yeah, like, you get them. You put it there. Yeah, like, I don't know where the fuck they are. So at which point, after he, like, opened that and told her to check, he grabbed her by her hair and pushed her in. And Maria was able to cling to the sides of the deep well. So Pachushkin started to bash her head against its walls until she had to let go, right? Falling inside. And as she fell, she heard his words chasing her down, saying, quote, Take a bath there. What? 
asshole. In the sewer? Yeah. That's impractical. Yeah, it's not, not going to be a cleaner. good bath. No, I, oh my gosh, I just don't. Was he just like basically just calling her fucker. dirty? Like that's just like. Yeah, like what the fuck? Absolutely, you're already you're murdering, uh, murdering her. You don't need to like insult her at the same time. I guess he was trying to best his supposed rival who probably doesn't even know who he is or care. Probably um, not. You see how evil I can be? Chikalova or whatever. Chikatila. Chikatilo or whatever, yeah. <laughs> so Maria Vircheva said that she, quote, feverishly fumbled about in the walls of the tube and swam around in the mulch for a whole oh, hour. Wow. Yep, before she could, at last, get a grasp on the side. She'd initially landed in deep sewage, which was flowing from a drainage pipe and had been caught in its current. She managed to remove her jacket and her boots, which was, like, what helped her place her hands on either side of her and prevent her from falling further down, which is fortunate because at the end of the drainage pipe, there is a section filled with water and she would have otherwise drowned in sewage there. Ew! Yep. So, clawing her way up, she made it to another venting exit from the hole, but she couldn't push the manhole cover up by herself from underneath, and she called for help, like, just screaming under there and pushing Ad's lid. And a woman passing by heard her and saw the lid lift a tiny bit. And yeah, told her, fuck you, here's a bomb. What? Like, it just seems like that's the way her night's going. Yeah, I know, right? It does. <laughs> but luckily, that's not what happened. And sh this woman grabbed two security guards who finally pulled Maria out of the hole. Yay. <clears throat> well... And then One more like, bad luck thing is happening. But it's time happening. to rape you. Sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, I mean, like, mm, there is a bit of bad luck left for Maria oh here. Oh my god. She, she's alive. Maria reported this, this uh, nightmarish occurrence, but shockingly, the police did nothing about her report at the time. What the fuck? They even forced her to sign a document stating that she'd fallen down the well herself. Why? What the fuck? Right? I don't know. They're just like, that will be way too much paperwork if we have to say yeah. this. Yeah. Um, like a That was actually stalker. the reason. That was the reason stated. Oh they didn't want to have to deal with it. Oh my god. And their lack of investigation resulted in the deaths of many other people who Pachushkin went on to kill before he was caught. Those motherfuckers, like... Yep, yep. So, like, one of the officers who'd refused to do anything even went on the run for a bit after the info about the chessboard killer was revealed. Oh, well, at least he uh, knew. <laughs> because, yeah. like, I know some who'd be like, yeah, well, at the time it was the best thing to do and I was right. <laughs> at yeah, least this because guy's you're like, lazy. Fuck, that was the wrong thing to do. I'm an asshole, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, in any case, I'm glad Maria survived. I'd have been, like, panis like panicked as fuck personally yeah i don't know what i would have done in swimming in poop that'd be disgusting and well and you're falling down a tube yeah and there's it's water gross. pouring on and you. you're pregnant yeah you're pregnant and you're 19 yeah and you've had the worst fucking day man like no one can really compete with that bad of a day and when you go to the police they're like no yeah they're just <laughs> like are you serious i mean i know you've had to like Swim in shit. I can tell and you're crawl covered your in way sewage and injured. Sewage tubes and, and you've your had your head bashed in. in. But I really just don't want to do paperwork. 
Yeah, like that was literally you the stated reason. You do not understand reason. how much paperwork I would have to do. It would be at least an extra 20 minutes like of paperwork. Like it's definitely not worth saving 40 people's lives over. Yeah, no. Jesus Christ. Can't do it. I mean, it means Sorry, I would have Maria. to miss the game tonight. Yeah, by 20 minutes. <sighs> like, I, it would drive me nuts, but fucking police are cops. like this. Do your fucking job, like. <laughs> yeah, this is what you're getting paid for. And also... We shouldn't have to tell you to do your job. No, if you're a cop, you really should just be doing your job. <laughs> if you have Please. a job at all, doing anything, you should just do it. It's the definition of yep. a fucking job. Like just Yeah. But yeah, if you're like in a position where you're in power. Your job is to like yeah, you have power and your job is to protect people, just fucking do it. You, like just do it's it. It's an important one. Like yeah, like I work in it like at an antique store right now and I do my job. Yeah. Like your job if is I to fucked up, ring though, people it would be through okay. and like do your And paint furniture. And paint furniture. Yeah. But if, if I you just were like be okay, no one would no, die. It's fine. Like people just go on ahead and you know, people would just take things for free. Yeah, but I mean like even if I didn't do it, like that just means that oh the furniture doesn't get painted that night. That's True. the worst thing that can happen. If yeah. you're a cop, though, if you're a cop, forty-eight or like a people could die. Or, yeah, like anything. Yeah, and like yeah, it is probably usually not the case that it's a serial killer. Yeah, but you never but know. But on the off chance, like, wouldn't you rather do too good of a job than yeah, like <laughs> for no reason than if your do job is that not your job for and like end right. up with dead people like yeah like that's why one of the guys went on the run because you just have he to was the taken to task for it yeah. because a bunch of people fucking died because they didn't want to do paperwork i'm that glad one that night. someone did take them to task though like i'm glad yep. that he felt like he had to run yeah because unfortunately a bunch more people died though yeah know? but like, in a lot of those guys in a lot of cases i imagine like it's just covered up Yep. Like, they wouldn't feel like they had to go on the run. They they would defend their police it's officers. because it became high profile because of the chessboard thing. <laughs> People were like, what? That sounds interesting. Yeah. So the I Russian media was all over it, so they couldn't hide it. If it had been more low profile, though, they probably would have discovered it up. Yeah, probably, actually. Yeah. I hate it. Uh, you should send us your chess stories. <laughs> your chess stories. <laughs> which I'm sure you have a, a riveting chess story. Who doesn't have chess a story. story about chess? I don't. I have so many. I was, I don't know, my my god sister tried to teach me chess once and I didn't learn it, but I thought the oh. pieces were pretty, so I just played with Our those. Our aunt taught me chess and then I forgot it, so then she taught me again and then we <laughs> played it for a while and then I forgot it again. Yeah. It, I pretty much have to be taught every single time I play it because I leave about 20 years in between playing. That would do it. Yeah. 20 years is a long time and you need to step up your chess game. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Tell us about your chess horror stories. Um, it can even just be an email saying, I had to play chess. Ugh. But, yeah, um, like that that's pretty bad. Terrifying on its own. Nah, I'm sure chess is so great. So sorry. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, <laughs> like, tell us any of your weird or creepy stories relating to anything. Send them to two scared siblings at gmail.com. And we are catching up on our emails. Yep. Um, at Our some email shoutouts. Yeah. <laughs> I promise. Uh, pending. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, our Twitter is at Two Scared Sibs, where you can find our Patreon link at the very top pinned. Yes. And you can become a patron. That is what you can do. Yes. So that, uh, yeah, because sometimes we'll send out like little presents. Um, yeah, we, we just send, send out, out merch. tote bags. Yeah, we just sent out some tote bags. Yeah. Um, we can do other merch too. 
and yeah we're thinking we... stickers we're gonna commission you can send an, an we artist can send anything we've got lots of stuff but yeah we are gonna do some more art so and then we also have bonus episodes and stuff like that yes you always get bonus episodes and a special verbal shout out in your name in the credits for one dollar or five dollar five dollars is where you get like the bonus episodes yeah, on top so you'll of everything be on that tier. That's yes the tier. that's the good tier all right so... so now we give you a kiss Mwah. Mwah. sleep well